The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following program belong solely to the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station, our parent company, advertisers, or affiliates. Welcome to Sharing Our Stories. We share stories of support for individuals in recovery from substance misuse and mental health-related issues. There are numerous pathways to recovery, and each week we welcome powerful leaders and role models who have struggled in drug and or alcohol addiction, have found a pathway to recovery, and who thrive as positive community members with an ongoing vision of success. Join us as we share our experiences, strength, and hope. When the world says, give up, hope whispers. Try it one more time. Good morning, Ma. Hi, happy Sunday to you, and welcome back to Sharing Our Stories. Uh, this program, hosted by myself, Slim, and Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes, uh, primarily is about addiction and recovery. Both of us have dealt with uh, drug and or alcohol addiction and are in our recovery, and we like to share stories of addiction, and more, more importantly than addiction, of recovery, because we believe that um, through sharing our experiences, Uh, We can spread strength and hope and let other people know that there is a pathway to recovery. There are many, many different pathways to recovery. There's not just one right way to do it. And we hope that through sharing our stories, people will find their pathway to recovery or their hope in finding their recovery. So good morning to you, Mahai. Thanks for joining us. And this morning, we don't actually have a guest. This morning, we're going to be talking about a few different things because we also want to branch this program into into our community uh, yes, and, and other things that are happening in, in our community. So today, we're going to be talking about some bills. Um, we're going to talk about a friend. We're going to talk about uh, mayoral candidates if we have time because an hour does fly by. But we're going to try <laughs> to talk about a few different things with you this morning and uh, just spread some information and some thoughts on things because not everything that we talk about are we experts on. The only thing that I can say that I am an expert on is I know how to be an addict and I know how to deal with my recovery. (laughs) Those are the things that I am an expert on is I know that I am an addict. <laughs> uh, and I'm and I'm still addicted to all kinds of things. Uh, it's just it, nowadays it's a lot healthier. Sometimes it's a little unhealthy. Like we got Twinkies sitting here in front of us. And I already um, killed two. Yeah, you already killed two of them this morning. Um, and, and other times it's you know like I'm addicted to video games and and I. I don't spend seven hours a day playing video games like I did long, long, long ago, but I still will excessively spend money on old video games, running out to buy them and collect them. And, you know, sometimes you you shouldn't be spending money on things that you can't afford to spend money on. And I I can be guilty of that. So in all ways, I'm still an addict. I just try to um, put my I try to be aware of it and I try to use um, thought in what I'm doing and not be addicted to things that can harm my health. Um, sometimes they harm my, my pocketbook, uh, my wallet, but not harm my health. Um, of course, my co-host here is Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes. And Tribe Recovery Homes is just an awesome organization. They are the sponsor for this program. And they're one of the many, many groups and organizations here in the Mile High that help people in their recovery. And Tomas, uh, how many people do you currently have living in your, in your many, many homes? Yeah, we got over 100 people right now. We, uh, we got over 100 people right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we also have the uh, outpatient and reentry program. So we service uh, anywhere from 150 to over 200 people on a daily basis. For those that don't know what outpatient and reentry programs are, what are those? An outpatient, basically, you got an intensive outpatient. So you're going to come in for nine hours. You got outpatient is going to come in for, you know, one to maybe three hours a day or a week. Um, and those are on a weekly basis. Um, we also have residential, which is a 20 to 30 hour. We got. Well, what uh, does that mean, outpatient? So, outpatient means basically you're going to come in, you're going to get your therapies, you're going to get assessed for mental health and recovery. We're going to go ahead and get the foundation laid for you. Then, you're also going to get a coach, which that coach is going to have lived experience and they're going to be able to navigate you through all the different things you need to do from simple things to getting uh, your uh, ID and your social security card, birth certificate. Or maybe even also, and me and Slim joke back and forth, but it's a little inside joke. He can help you with your citizenship and the things that we got to do with with uh, attorneys to get that because we've been successful with that. All the way down to simple jobs, figuring out what is called as a rap plan. That rap plan is going to, that's basically for all you hustlers out there, let's put your business plan down, man. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's go ahead. Let's put a positive, proactive action to it and let's go. 
let's get it done. So that's basically what you do on an outpatient level. And that's uh, where you're not living in the homes that we have. But we do have over 100 beds climbing up to 150. We're about in the midway right there because before I know it, I'll give you a number. And then all my good folks that, that work over there, they just got a new house. And I just heard we got a new house today, so I don't have the definitive number. But anyway, um, it's uh, it's it's been an honor and privilege for the last few years that we've been doing that. The crew, you know, I get to it amends it affords me to be out. How many here. homes do you have now? Um, like I said, we before I knew it is yeah, we just got another one. The last thing I knew was thirteen and two treatment centers, but we got another treatment center in Aurora that just got opened up. So, and we have two sites that projected once we get our, our permanent license that we'll have three different treatment zoned places for for recovery in in Aurora. We'll have one in Boulder and one, the outpatient action center that you can get your therapies and PHP, IOP, all those, that's partial hospitalization, which is a longer therapy modality. Mm -hmm. And that would be, that is downtown Denver. So we're uh, doing very well with not only recovery, but mental health because it's equally as important. Yeah. And reentry. Tell me about the reentry program. So the reentry program is, you know, that's what tribe is built on. You know, you drink too much, you do too many drugs, you won't get a ticket. And we're going to be there to receive you before you get the case of efforts. You know, you say, hey, I'm going to go to jail. I might as well do what I'm doing and burn up the streets until I get caught or I got to go to court, whatever. I don't that's have a common. problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem. I'll just face my problem when I go to jail. A lot of people have this misconception. They're going to go into court and be like, judge, I'm normal. I'm normal. I have no problems. This was just that one mistake. That is the worst thing to tell a judge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> His, her, and they do not do that and walk up in there and say, hey, I don't have a problem when you got a problem. And the judge sees you, so they're not that ignorant as you think they are. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, well, Mr. Hernandez, you ain't got a problem. So, hey, yes, it was a mistake. And yes, you did consciously break a law because you really don't have a problem with substance abuse. You made a bad decision that I'm going to go ahead and let you know that you're going to have X, Y, and Z. But if you come in on a recovery scope to say, Hey, yes, I do have a drug problem. That's helping me make these decisions, your honor. And you come in with a proper mindset and you come in there with a team that knows what they're doing. You're going to have a better chance of what you're going to be doing out there. So that's what we do at tribe. We make sure in our reentry program that through a mental health and recovery scope and a proactive, positive you know, work ethic. We're going to get you to point A to point B. And it, I can at least guarantee you it's going to be way less abrasive. There's a thing called accountability for your actions that you always got to have. You know, there's, even if you don't go to jail, you still got a level of accountability. There's still the next page. Cause like I was the guy is like, Hey, I got caught. I did what I did. I did all my Charlie hustles inside jail. And I like Arapahoe County. I was there today or Denver, Denver County or wherever I was at. I walked out that door and it was like, catch me if you can't. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not going to report to probation. I'm not going to report to parole. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to go do that. You know what I mean? But that's what recovery and what tribe teaches you there too is to face that. Let's go ahead and let's look at what that post looks like. You know what I mean? Let's look at, let's look at, at, at after you get released from prison, after you get released from county jail, city jail, what's next? Yeah. You got a lot of responsibilities. So we get you in a structured environment. It's yeah. really easy to go back when you get out of jail to all the things that got you put in there. Oh, definitely. You usually run down that ramp exactly to the last place you got high because mm-hmm. you know they're still getting high over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or the, the hustle or, you know, even domestic violence and getting drunk and all that stuff. The first place you had is where you were with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And both of you lying because you love each other and there's really not, you know, that's where you get the one, the two, the three, you know. And mm-hmm. all that, all those types of things. So what we try to do is, or what we do is, is we definitely work with the, we work with the judicial agencies. We're like, hey, you know, Johnny, Ricky, Sarah, and 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 uh, Gloria, they have committed to this structured environment, the structured program. They have made a program for themselves, and we're going to make X, Y, Z happen through action, and we're going to make sure that you can get where you need to be. And it's how much you're going to get is how much you put in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can put a little bit into it and blame us. And get cracked and end up going back to jail or jails, institutions, and death. That's what we're taught. Yeah. There's jails, institutions, and death for you. Or you can really put some hard work, surprise yourself to where you're in tears like today. I want to give a big shout out for Christopher Geinhardt. He was my last, my last uh, direct service that I got to do. This kid came from me from, uh, from uh, Judge McLean in 18th District on parole, on probation. I rode his butt like a horse. You know what I mean? And he, and today he's off probation. He's off parole. That's awesome. Yeah. The first time, first time in years since he was a kid, he hasn't had paper. 
Oh, he's got to feel good right now. Oh, man, it was a great, great, great day. You know, I got to see the judge that really believed in me. Uh, judge McClain, Amanda Myers, Melanie Pipkin, uh, you know, Mike Hernandez, the list goes on. There's a lot of people. Uh, Cynthia, probably the coolest arts employee that you ever seen. Cynthia, everybody knows who Cynthia is. She's been doing great work forever. And you know, it felt good today to sit up in there because I used to sit up in the bleachers, right? So you sit up in the in the area where the uh, where where you know usually the jury's at, or you get where I went to court because I never got bonded out. So I got to come in with the shackles and hang out and smell smelling all good with the county cologne on, <laughs> and just got to do the the what is it called the mile march underground. I, I, I don't know about these so things, but I'm, I'm gonna educate him today. Yeah, what is the mile march? The mile march is when you downstairs in in uh, Rapo County to go to courtroom. You got to go through this tunnel that feels like it's a mile, but it's long. Okay, so you shackled it by your legs and shackled by your hand clips, and you basically gonna figure out your fate. I'm trying to figure out how many years I'm going to get because I God, was addicted. that's got to be a, a crap walk. Yeah, man, because, you, I mean, you're you figuring out. You know uh-huh. what I mean? What's, what's about to happen? I'm about to – how many years am I going to get? What kind mm-hmm. of deal? I'm, I'm basically going to, to uh, County Jail Casino by Package J. Flanagan. You know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> that's Denver. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say the old school name of Arapahoe County because that, that's kind of a bad word now because okay. he got in a big, big, you know okay, what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. But anyway, with that being said, you know, um, you really look at that walk and then you've got to figure out what's going on on that other side of court. And that's really where I came up with the concepts because, like, with my, my story is I had a pre and a post. You know what I mean? Which I mean, I just got off of parole and I had a federal indictment going down. What so is I, a pre and a post? So a pre, yeah, for pre is basically I just got a ticket. I'm on pretrial. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm out there. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't really know what pretrial is. It's like a, it's like a mini probation, but basically it's introducing you to probation and telling you, hey, these are what you're going to expect if you do get out. And usually we don't know that concept, right? So we're like, man, pretrial, I'm not going to go do pretrial. They're going to do this, this, and that. They're going to work with my bond and this, this, and then they're going to try to put me back in jail. So I'm going to try to swindle them a little bit, or I'm going to do it straight up. And the people that do it straight up, they know exactly what I'm talking about because you get to that point and boom, you go home and you're on probation and whatever. But that's a pre. You're trying to, before you go to your case, you know, you're going to be uh, filing the charges, introduction of your of your attorney. You're going to see if they're going to let you have a preliminary hearing. A preliminary hearing is going to find out if there's some validity to your case to, to maybe that preliminary hearing you can get kicked out, that the, the, the charge is kicked out. But usually you're going to have to go to the house and you have to decide. Are you going to take a plea bargain? Or are you going to get sentenced on a plea bargain? Or are you going to go to trial? You know, so with all those major decisions that you have and you're usually inebriated and you're not following the rules of pretrial, all that kind and of And you st- don't know these laws yeah, and yeah. rules. And a lot of people think they do. Like, I could be a jailhouse lawyer all day and I sound crisp. <laughs> but when I'm up in there, you know, I knew exactly how to jerk and jive. You know what I mean? I knew what to do. I was told by other criminals on what to do. You know, like my first charge, I should have never got the charge. I would have looked at four years probation. But- Check it out. If I'd have done the four years probation, they could slap me back and give me a bigger sentence. So I took the year in jail and I said I was going to go to boot camp. So when I went to DRDC, I told them I ain't going to boot camp. They can't make me go. And they're like, Mr. Hernandez, you can't do that. I go, yes, I can. And I lay down for a little while, but I was on parole and I still kept on going because that hustle is dishonest. And it keeps going. Before I knew it, I was doing this, 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 and that. Before I was multiple years in prison, three, four. The fourth time, I'm like, man. My ideology didn't work out, right? So when I figured out recovery, and that's where I first got 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 clean in, in prison, I put together some recipes like, hey, man, if I could put together this programming with the judicial system and I could put together this programming on the streets, we can we got something here. We could rock with something, you know? So when I got out on federal, I pressed that out a year. I started getting all these certifications for all these classes. I didn't break my ankle monitors. Like, man, I was 340 pounds, yo. I had two ankle monitors on, and then I had this GPS backpack for the first month, man. I looked like a humongous radar from MASH walking down the street, you know, with a huge biker goatee, my head shaved, and Dickies, and I'm walking down 16th Street Mall to go to BI. And I got to pay for all these machines that are hooked up everywhere because I got a city and a state. And finally, they took the GPS on and the technology that they needed. They put it on one one unit with a scram with the, you know what I mean? One had to see if I was drinking, one to see where I was at, mm-hmm. if I was going to break code and then the other thing. And then they got this thing. Highly like, monitored. Yeah, I was highly monitored. I mean, I was on an, indi- I was on an indictment. And, uh, you know, 
with that situation, and I was on parole. So, you know, this whole thing was trial and error, and I didn't think I knew what, what I was going to do. And that's and that's that's what we're talking about here when we get to, to get to the recipe of trial. But I put it down, and in front of that, in front of Judge Krieger, she deemed it counterproductive to put me back into prison. And I'm looking at a federal charge, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for a gun. You know, you, you're going to get five. But I went with the judge's opinion. I presented my case. I did not lie. I took full accountability for what I needed to do, and I got three-year supervised release. Now, three-year supervised release, ladies and gentlemen, he's, her, they, y'all, I should just say, <laughs> so I could just shorten it up. You know what I mean? But basically well, what that would do is, I mean, I would be able to, if I messed it up, right? If I messed all that up, it reboots. I could do two years and 11 months and do something very dumb. And my 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 uh, supervised release officer, by the way, is a U.S. marshal, can reboot what I got. And I got to redo the three years after I get out of jail. You know what I mean? So that could continue and continue and continue. And that was my whole code of ethics, basically. If you want to, my whole morality code of ethics, either the street, the politics or whatever, was to juke and jive and to figure it out. And if I would have kept up that thing, I would still probably be in prison today or dead. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So at Tribe, what we do is, is we work with every community organization possible. Every grant team, every person. That, I mean, we got people out there. We got, you know, caring for Denver. Love them to death. We got the Denver Foundation. You know, the Colorado Health Foundation. We got uh, we got Latino Coalition. Like, Latino Coalition is amazing. We got we got so many different different organizations that fund us to do what we do because they're locking arms with us. You know, we got the C, uh, the CPCC. Which is, you know, it's 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 filled with 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 the Denver brass. You're you're talking about polit polit political uh, uh, politicians. Sorry, uh, you're talking about the top police. You're talking about the Department of Public Safety, Department of Community Corrections. You're talking about everybody that people would would normally hate are putting together millions and millions of dollars to fund people on the concepts that I'm talking about. Because I wasn't the first one to create it. Let's make that clear. There's a lot of very high 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 thinking great people out there that was doing it before I even got there. You know what I mean? Servicios de la Rosa has been doing this for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got, you got, you know, that, that's, that's been putting down. That old man used to fight with the you're feds. Just, you're just a branch on a big tree. Yeah, exactly. But you know, but my branch is a little bit different because what I did was, is I noticed a DUI program and a relapse prevention program is not recovery. It's a part of what you need to do to take care of, you know, if you want to get your license back. It's part of the legal, the steps you take to get yourself straight, not clean, but straight. You know, but my my version, exactly. But my reversion of of reentry is mental health and recovery. What are you going to do to to sustain it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When are you going to get accountable? I mean, you can tell your reentry officer, a a person that doesn't have lived experience with that. No, I ain't got no problems like that. I'm good. I'm good. Just like how you go up to that judge. No, man, I'm, I'm normal. Mm-hmm. What you mean? I'm normal. I just, you know, I got this job and everything. I just really made a mistake to drive without a license and have five guns and, and get a special offenders in case it would be high. No, I just made a mistake that I just backhanded my kids and I was high off co- crack cocaine. It was just, I got off work and I really wanted some crack cocaine, Your Honor. I worked 50 hours a week. I thought I deserved some crack cocaine and I could beat my wife up. You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's the way that oh, people God. really look uh-huh. at that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not really... You're inebriated. You made bad choices. You made all those things, but don't come in there normal. Be like, Judge, yo, I'm, I need help. My decisions are completely wrong. So I went over to this organization, and they helped me organize what I'm doing right now and my thoughts, teach me how to live again, and get to where I'm at in accountability. Mm-hmm. Please give me some time to prove it to you. So on that pre we're talking about. We're going to stack everything that we can to take the power out of the DA. And at the same time, we're really not taking the power out of the DA. We're negotiating with the DA that you were a good person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you deserve. And yeah, things happen. You know, just like drinking. Have you ever got so drunk that in the next day, we're like, man, I'm going to spend all day apologizing on Texas for all the calls and the stuff that I did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was just at my auntie's house. When I get over there, she is going to slap the living hell out of me Mm -hmm. for the way that I talked. And probably I'm going to get in a fight with my cousin. So I got to call my cousin and apologize to him to talk about his mom like that and this, this, and that. But you get charges for stuff like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? At times. And you don't mean it. You know what I mean? You drive the sixth time on a DUI. 
Yeah, man, you're trying to get point A to point B, but really your decision-making of drinking and all that stuff, like, you know what I mean? Like you said it a million times, I'm going to be the best drunk that they ever seen. I'm the mm-hmm. strongest, the best drunk. I could drive, I can work, I can mm-hmm. do this, I can do that. But at the end of the day, when you're walking out of that booking and you don't take pretrial seriously and you go back to your thing and you try to do the juke and jive and try to figure it out on your own, you end up with more time and more loss. You lose jobs, you lose your license, you lose the place to live, you're back living with family members. Some family members won't take, you end up homeless. You end up higher on some different stuff. Mm-hmm. That you were originally just an alcoholic and smoked weed, now all of a sudden you're on fentanyl and meth, trying to survive out on the streets. You know what I mean? Um, and that's really the, the scope of what we're talking about, Jeldon, on one thing. No, we're not just a reentry program. No, we're not just a judicial services program. No, we're not just uh, mental health. We're trying to get you to recover. That's why we're called Tribe Recovery Homes. We want to get you, like you emphasized on the show, we want to get you to recover. Yeah. Find your level of recovery. What is that? You tell me, Slim, how can I help you be, be a better you, my friend? What? Talk to me. Tell me those things. And if you've got trauma, get in there with our clinicians and dig into the hard stuff. Figure out that stuff. Because, like, recovery is one arm right here, right? And mental health is on that other arm. And you've got to walk down the street. They might sound like the same things, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're really not. You know what I mean? Mental health is a whole different thing. What I talk to my sponsor about and what I talk to my therapist about, there's going to be some likeness in some of the, the stories, but the categorization and the techniques and the tools are totally different. From my PTSD and being manic, you know what I mean? <sighs> just right there. And that's just two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I sleep like, the meth is still there, y'all. I sleep like three and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm up spinning my wheels and I'm in a PTSD type of situation. And man, and I'm manic. And that's part of the reason why I sleep like like three and a half hours and I had no idea. I thought that was a superpower. But that has nothing to do with drugs and alcohol. Because I have other things that I'm obsessing on. You know, you get me on something that I like, I'm overdoing it. My wife's like, yo. Stop buying that. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. we don't need that. You know what I mean? I got to watch on, like, I don't even put rims and beats on my car because I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy that one car, and I'm going to throw an immense dumb amount of money into that thing for nothing that could have been used on my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's my addiction. Mm-hmm. Acting out. It's you like know I what mentioned I mean? earlier for my addiction. Yeah. Exactly. Like your games and stuff. Like mm-hmm. as soon as I put those rims on, I need a new sound system. I mean, it's a Bose sound system in a Cadillac. What do I need a new sound system for? You tell me, like, I'm 47 years old. I do not need 12-inch speakers in there. <laughs> that will look ridiculous. You know what I mean? I'm coming, my trunk rattling. and Come no, on, man. No, I don't need that. Don't need that anymore. But that's that recovery program, knowing thyself. You know what I mean? Chris was talking about it today when he graduated. He was like, I know who I am today. He didn't know who he was. You know, he was, he was banging. He was on parole. He was on probation. He didn't know who he was. He's okay with who he is today. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to dress in that certain color. It was beautiful. He wheeled his mom in a wheelchair that's been sticking with him his whole life. And she got to sit there and watch him get that certificate. You know what I mean? And it's... uh. Man, it's just, it's, those are the achievements, mm-hmm. not how many rams I can put on a car and the things that I obsess about. Now today I obsess about the beauty of life, the fight. You know, I'm more about the fight of the right thing versus just trying to come up. You know what I mean? Coming up to me is building infrastructure for people to have a better way. If I get a million dollar grant, I get a $2 grant. I know that I won for my people. That's not for me to go spend on myself. You know what I mean? And that's true champion stuff. Like, like I got a crazy lofty thing, but hey, I've raised, I can't, I'm not going to boast and say how much I've raised, but quite a lot. Before I die, I want to put a billion dollars in the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why I got on the radio. I'm like, hey, and that's why I'm doing different cities, different states, stuff like that, because I'm going to spread it as far as I can. Why not? What else I got to do? And that's a better obsession, right? Yeah. To spread the message out there, to get people get people better services and get them out there, yo, and, and, and get things going. You know, people see pictures of me in Vegas. They have no idea. I'm in recovery meetings. I'm, I'm looking at, like Saturday, I was in the tunnels. Like, y'all, in, in Las Vegas, there's tunnels under the, the cities. 
under the casinos and people live in those tunnels. They live in those tunnels and there's great outreach people out there that just do the work and they go out there with backpacks and they start giving these people food and, and hygiene and clothes and socks. Like the, if you really work with the homeless, you really want to have clean socks and you really want to have clean underwear and stuff to clean your, your body in any ways, different forms, your teeth, you know, your, your private parts, whatever. You want to make sure you have that. And they, they concentrate on the necessities out there and they do the work and they got – they got more medical detoxes than we can think about. And that's where Colorado needs to get. You know what I mean? The ones that know what they're doing, not some conglomerate coming in here just because he wants to know what the pay rate is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The ones that could that could actually work with the people and make it trauma-informed. That's the people we want. We don't want those out-of-towners coming up in here talking about, how much is your pay mixer? How much is that? How much will I make per person? Well, you know what? You're here for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give you that answer, and that's public information. But you really should stay out of here because your Gucci slippers does not equate to what we're trying to do here on the streets. You know what I mean? But these people are out there, hoodies, with backpacks themselves and recovery. And they know each other because half of them lived in those in those tunnels. You know what I mean? And that's that's true recovery in action. You know what I mean? Colorado's got a great, great recovery, recovery uh, uh, model out here. We we're serious about ours and we're starting to get more people. We're starting to get more colors and people and, and ethnicities and 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 religions and all that stuff to buy into mental health. You know what I mean? We're pioneers of doing what we're doing. You know, when in Rome. And you, would you ever think that Denver would be that way? We are, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I can, I can keep on getting on the soapbox with this, but yeah, that's so a, if somebody's listening, cause we have listeners in locked up right now. We have people that yeah. are, that are driving and dealing with addiction. We have family members that are dealing with addiction and they're dealing with these court cases, these, yeah. these pre and post, like you said, what would you tell them is a step they could take right now if they're lost? Basically get with your case manager as soon as possible. Ask them about wages. W-A-G-E-E-S. It's a work assistance program. It's basically, it's a reentry program. You're going to pick a reentry professional or uh, organization of your choice. There's Second Chance Center. There's Tribe Recovery Homes. There's Servicio Stella Rasa. There's many, Lifeline. There's, uh, there's a ton of different people out there. I'm, I got a lot of friends that are out there that I'm not mentioning just to, because I'll keep on going and going and going. There's, Places like, you know, Denver works, Colorado Springs works. There's people all over. And the Colorado Springs and Denver works are not just employment. They actually do reentry work in in, in Colorado Springs and here in Denver. So you got to understand that there's a lot of different stuff out there that, that, that you can utilize to get things done. So go to your case manager and ask them about reentry beds, HSP beds. Can I work with the Latino, uh, Latino Coalition in the Wages program? Go sign up for that. But I'm pre-warning you, when you get up in there, do not waste the resources. If you're trying to get an address just to get out, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting their time. And really, when you waste an organization like this time and resources for somebody that could have came in and utilized them, you're really burning a bridge. And if you really listen to me right now, and if you're tired of burning your bridges and you're in the cell right now, I remember those days looking up. I'm trying to come up with eight million ways to get out. I don't care what address it is. I just want to get out. Tired of being there. You know what I mean? I'm tired of lifting weights, making burritos. I don't have any money on my phone. You know, I'm I'm trying to figure out what my, my kitchen hustle is. You know, am I gonna get a am I gonna get a machine so I could tattoo again? Is this is this uh, facility are these guards cool? You know how it is to get the hustle going down. You know, should I, you know, I ain't going to go to the store because I'm going to get owned. I'm going to end up here. I'm going to end up there. I'm going to, you know, is there any programs? And is there any, you know, treatment center programs or a TC program? What am I going to do? But mainly is just focusing up with your case manager and finding a, a set and a, and a plan for you to get out straight up. Because I'm telling you, y'all that are locked up right now, if you don't do it straight up, you're going to go back and you're going to fail. You're going to fail. It took me the fourth time in federal prison, three times state, to figure that out. You ain't going to beat it that long. And there's no sense in getting an address and being in the middle of a blizzard in a shelter in the middle of Denver for the sake of being free. It makes no sense, man. It makes no sense when you have time right now, right now to go make a plan. So get proactive with it. 
Y'all know how to be jailhouse lawyers. Y'all know how to do all this stuff to grieve, do all that stuff. The first time, wake up tomorrow, take a deep breath and get accountability and be like, all right, I'm going to do this for real. Let me get with my case manager. You might not have a great case manager and he might, he or she might make you mad because a lot of mine did. Mm -hmm. But all you got to do is just get them to contact these people. It's not for them to like hold your hand like they're going to do something great. If you have a great one, then awesome. But if you've got an old school DOC case manager that's really, you just want to catch another case. If he says, he or she says another word, basically keep that, keep that uh, conversation focused. Keep it focused and say, hey, this is what I need. And if that case manager ain't doing something for you, write a letter to your most positive friend or family member that's out there to help you. Write a letter to Tribe Recovery Homes. That's 1178 Mariposa Street, Denver, Colorado, 80204. That's 1178 Mariposa Street, Denver, Colorado, 80204. Send your letter out there. Say, hey, I need you to get under my case manager's butt, light a fire. I need to get out. This is what I need to do. And if we ain't a fit, you can also always look up Second Chance Center, Ceresios de la Rosa, Lifeline. You got a lot of different stuff out there, y'all, that you can use. Denver works. But you have to want it. Exactly. And you want to do it straight up. Because anything that you do that's not straight up. If you're just trying to get out of jail just to get out of jail. It's not it. You have to want to clean up your life and get your life straight. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I remember telling my dad the last time I was in, I seen a situation. I'm not going to get in the weeds on it, mm-hmm. but a pretty significantly big man that was 10 times bigger than me, just scared up in that jail, in that federal jail. I just called my dad and I couldn't stop repeating. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And I didn't know why the lights turned on that much, you know? But addiction is crazy because when I got out, I still messed around for like two years after I got off paper. And now, by the grace of God, I got almost 10 coming, no fronts, you know, just for the day. I got, you know, I got that basically nine and nine. I'm I'm about three months away. That's so cool. You know what I mean? To get there. But it's uh, it's really about putting it together like that. And if you're sitting in that cell jail, just notice, man, I feel you and I love you. It's. You can make it out there. Like, if you meet me in my center, I'll tell you exactly the beautiful things that I I got to do. I've been sitting in that cell where you at, thinking I'm never going to be nothing again. You're wrong. I remember sitting in there thinking that I'll never talk to my mom again, right? You know, how am I going to raise my kid? You know, failed marriage, failed relationships past that. I can't keep a needle out of my arm. I always got to get a gun as soon as I get out there. I always got to do things. How am I going to stop myself from doing these things? I just told you the recipe on how to do that. But the triumphs I've had, you know, I'm not going to brag on, you know, about the things that are great that on on some material level. I've got a very immense part. I've been very blessed, blessed in success. And I'm not saying that'll help happen with everybody. And I don't know how long. I'll stay blessed in that area, but I know I'm blessed with a good wife. I'm with kids, with my mom back, with my dad back, with my nephew clean, you know, working with me, with, with my friends like Slim, you know, having having great friends. Like I got this thing, this organization called Cigar Lords, man. It's just a bunch of guys that are up in there. My brother Boogie, my brother Kingdom, Orlando, you know, Kiki. Ken, we got, you know, Mario out in, out in Texas, you know, they're on different state. My brother, my brother, uh, Corey out in, out in Arizona, you know, I could go to any state. I never thought that it would be past those cell doors is what I'm saying, man. But it starts with going straight up in the morning and go talk to your case manager. And actually we recording this this morning at seven o'clock or seven Oh, whatever it is, make your plan today through the day. And on Monday morning, you go see your case manager. Demand to see them proactively. Don't get yourself thrown in the hole and get too aggressive. But try to do it the best you can to get to your case manager and ask them for a program, a reentry program, so you can do this thing straight up. Um, I don't think we're going to get to all the things that we wanted yeah. to talk about this morning yeah. by any chance. But um, you brought in some different bills yeah. today that are being introduced, and they have to do with uh, addiction. And, and drugs, obviously. Um, the one that's really standing out to me is this SB 23109. It's at the bottom there. And it is the criminal penalty for a controlled substance supplier. 
um, being put in by Senator Mullica and Senator Pelton, I believe. Um, And the background on it, it says, is that this is the drug-induced homicide bill. Um, And the bill makes it a level one drug felony if a person sells, dispenses, distributes, or otherwise transfers any quantity of a controlled substance or any material compound mixture or preparation um, that contains any amount of a controlled substance. And the sale, dispensing, distribution, or transfer is the cause of the death of another person who used or consumed that substance. Um, now, the first time I read it, we, we went over this a little bit before sure. we started the, the <laughs> program, and I was like, well, that sounds good to me, because I'm, I'm, I'm one who believes that if you're selling drugs, you should go to jail for some amount of time. Now, I'm not saying a life sentence for selling <laughs> drugs. I, I don't believe that. Um, but I do think that sometimes the lesson has to be learned. You have to be punished to learn your lesson. Does it always help? No. And I, and I, I, I firmly understand anybody who disagrees with my view, but that's just, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion on how different things run. But then you said something to me that really stood out. You said, well, what if you and I are drug users together and you're like, man, I got some really great, some really great heavy drug. All right. You can, you can fill in the blank for whatever drug you think that is mile high. And you say, Hey, come on, let's go get high. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go get high with you, Tomas. That's what we're doing today. And I show up at your house and we're hanging out and uh, we're, we're doing our drugs and I die on your couch from a drug overdose. You then get a felony, homicide felony for giving me the drug that killed me where I wanted it. I, I showed up, there was no doubt, like, you could have told me, nah, you know what, I don't want you to come over anymore, no, but please, I don't have my own, please, can I please come over, now? Nah, I'm begging you to let me, all, all right, all right, you know I love you, you come on by, we'll get high today, but then you get a felony charge for that, and that's where I was, that's where you kind of changed my mind on it. Yeah, you know, we're looking at the, uh, the 2020 stats and you're over 1400 people you know and and everybody that's in 1400 people that that, died died from overdose overdose. and we're not 2020 here in colorado and we're not just talking about fentanyl you know the fentanyl is the key word that everybody's talking about right now no heroin you know heroin methamphetamine you can die off methamphetamine you can die off anything Mm -hmm. you know what i mean alcohol any of that stuff so Wherever it's scheduled, like say you got three, four people, that's going to compound that number up higher. But let's just say there's 1,400. Let's just say after COVID, it got bigger. And let's say that we're up at 2,000 people 2000 died people. from a drug overdose. So understand that we got, we barely have scratched the surface of 200,000 inmates ever in the state of Colorado. You're talking all the way down to the 30s, to the 20s, even earlier in the Department of Corrections, how it's been counted. And you are going to give the infrastructure that's already strained, taxpayers, all of that. So why don't you do $50,000 times $2,000 a year to house people on, what is that, 30, what? Minimum, probably 32 years. 32 years minimum for getting high with somebody and they die. Now, even if you're selling it, most of the people that are on a street level, they're selling it. It's a barter system, America. Denver Metro, it's a barter system when you're getting high. We don't have jobs. We have to figure out how we can trade and sell and do very, very bad, embarrassing things and steal and do all these things to make sure that we can get high. Now, we're not talking about that new bogus uh, experimenting thing that fentanyl brought back. I was just experimenting. My son was just experimenting. Okay. You can get mad at me for that comment. I'm sorry that your family member is gone, but there's no experimenting with cocaine, heroin, and, and big drugs and fentanyl like that. It's just not happening like that. Now, there's other bills that we could talk about that you did not know, like knowingly. There's another one that we're, we could have talked about. But the bill that we're talking about right now is you're going to strain the infrastructure and take people on a homicide, a homicide charge. It makes no sense. It'll put us back, taxpayers back. It's a vengeful bill. 
It's not smart, Colorado. These two people that are that are bringing this thing, we're going to try to appeal to them and make them understand that this is a huge, huge, huge mistake. You got to understand right now, they just did the census out the other day. Per capita, we are second behind Houston in violent crime. We are first in property crime. Now, when I'm saying violent crime, we're going to hold that with homicide cases well past anybody can ever put it. So you're talking that number is going to go skyrocket and stay. There's no mayor. There's no governor. There's no city official going to be able to bring that number down because really what I just said on two grand was really just something that I pulled up out of the atmosphere because in 2020 it was 1400. Now we're the, the fentanyl is cheaper. Some stuff is different. And now we're really have a more of an epidemic of all drugs in general, not just fentanyl. Those numbers are up. Now, mm-hmm. if you have a house party of five people, right, and I die, all five of y'all get in a homicide case. You know, so those numbers are going to go really crazy. And you're talking about property crime. That proves my barter system point. How do you think that we pay for things? We steal things and trade things for everybody. You know what I mean? We, you know, there's not like a secret pawn shop like the 80s movies and, and chop shops. You know, we're driving stolen cars. We're wearing other people's clothes that we took. We're using your laptop from work. We're trading it for drugs. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's a barter system the same way as drugs. Slim's got some drugs. I got some drugs. He's got some drugs one day. I got some drugs the next day. Sherry comes in. She's got some drugs. Carrie comes in. She's got some drugs. Johnny's got some. Johnny gives Carrie some. She's dead in my bathroom. I have no idea. Everybody split. Now I look in the bathroom and Sherry's, and Carrie's dead. I got a homicide case. I didn't even give it to her. Mm-hmm. But now I'm trying to hide bodies. I'm trying to do some things because that's the other part they ain't looking at. If I'm looking at 32 years, I'm going good, fellas. I'm trying to go up in the mountains and dig a hole and put her in some carpet and her family really thinking that I'm doing something really twisted because I'm scared. Yeah. Because Johnny just left. He ain't going to take accountability for it. Carrie's dead in my in my in my in my bathroom, and I'm gonna look at 32 years, and I'm and I'm a triple up. I got three felonies on top of that, so that means I got a special offenders, and that means that I'm habitual. So they could triple that up. I'm never getting out. So I'm gonna take my shot. I'm gonna bury Carrie in, a, in the mountains. I'm gonna burn her. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna something. try to dump yeah. her off on the side of the road. Or I'm gonna do something, and the family's not gonna be able to say, "Hey, Carrie took this drug in the bathroom and she died." But Tomas did something extreme because he's scared. And that's what this guy don't understand that created and got this, the other guy on, on the other side. I really want to say some unchoice things to this man, but I don't think that he understands what he's saying to the state of Colorado, how things we already got. An, we don't have enough law enforcement. Our mayor is going to be changing soon. We, our rates of, of crime are through the roof. Paulus is doing the best thing that he can. He needs soldiers' boots on the ground. We have things that contradict this bill. You know what I mean? And it's really, it's a confusing time because really, that's what I do, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I get so passionate because I get involved with this stuff because it's about you. I don't want, I don't want nobody in jail like that scenario like there. And yes, if somebody purposely gives and they're purposely a fentanyl dealer or something like that, and they know that they're taking a risk that, you know, two out of, Two out of 10 people going to die. Yeah, you better get your 32 years, homie, because you know what you're doing. And you're selling big weight of that. But if I'm bartering and I'm out there and I'm getting high, and usually I don't like how, how, how Slim put it. I don't like to get give out my stuff anyway, but Slim begged me to come over. I'm sharing some of my supply of pills. I know I can get more, but I mean, Slim needs about 10. He needs to get right. Or maybe he just wants some Coke and his heart stops. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that's just the thing that, that we're looking at. You really got to get into this situation. I want to give a shout out to a lot of organizations out there. You got Mental Health Colorado. You got Healthier Colorado. I'm proud to be on COPA. COPA. You got CCJRC. They've been rocking with us for a long time. You're talking about Christy and Pam and everybody over there fighting a good fight on the judicial systems. You got Colorado Freedom Fund that's always been doing us right. Lisa at Harm Reduction Center. Man. Get out of here. Get out of here She's with awesome. that. Yes, yeah, she is. Colorado Defense Bar. Man, they doing the work. You think that like you're talking about, 
you know you're talking about that lawyers don't care that are free. They'll change your whole mind. And I'm alumni at this place. I'm kind of partial, but sobriety house. You know, I'm alumni at a lot of treatment centers, y'all. But, you know, it took but, you a long path to get yeah. clean, man. A lot of work that you put in for yourself, and now a lot of work you put in for other people. All right, so that's a negative bill that, yeah. that we talked about. Let's talk about one of these positive bills. Let's talk about the one at the top, HB 231167, which is, uh, as you wrote it down, it's a good Samaritan law. And what it says is a person is immune from arrest and prosecution of criminal offenses if the person reports an overdose to an emergency responder and satisfies additional requirements related to the reporting. So basically what it means is you and I are getting high and you have drugs on you and you gave me drugs, but I have an overdose and you go, you're not going to die on me. I'm taking you to the hospital or I'm calling 911 and and we're getting the the ambulance here right now or I'm getting you to the emergency room right now and you will be immune from arrest or prosecution for attempting to save my life even though you have drugs on you and even though you gave me the drugs or maybe I gave you the drugs but still you're you're holding the drugs or you're also <laughs> high you're high on drugs when you bring me to the hospital and it would make you um, immune to, to arrest and prosecution. This is a bill that's going to be discussed. Uh, I don't have the day of the discussion so here. It, the bill passed. Oh, the bill in the passed. House, yeah, passed. passed in the House Judiciary Committee last week. It's awaiting the, the hearing, hearing. In, the, in the House of Representatives. Now, this is a responsible bill. It doesn't matter who bartered what. We're not talking about high-level dealers and real people that are going out there. Me and you getting high. Instead of what I was talking about with Carrie trying to hide your body, trying to figure something out, trying to juke and jive, I can put you in the car, call 911, and I can get there. What's great about what people on the other side didn't understand is there's possibly going to be some kind of advocate. You can sit there with the family, and sometimes families are understanding. And, and I could tell you stories upon stories, and like, thank you for bringing my daughter here. Thank you for bringing Tomas here. Slim, I appreciate it. You saved my life. That could be the wake-up call for you to get to recovery. You know what I mean? I'm going to always remember, Slim, that you saved my life. You know, I got friends out there that I can remember right now that saved my life. You know, I'm going to keep their anonymity, but I know exactly in my head the three people on my last three overdoses that saved my life. But they had to save it by pumping my chest and making sure that I was okay and watching me for a couple of days. You know what I mean? To make sure that I was all right. But this bill allows you to help me get me medical attention. You know, the people that are looking at these bills, right, they got to understand we got some beautiful infrastructure out there. We got CIT cops. These are psychologists that work with mental health and recovery. You know what I mean? They got different names and acronyms for different counties. You know what I mean? But paramedics are amazing people. You can jump in that van with them and make sure that I'm okay with this bill. And tell them exactly what it is that you got. What, What is in his system? You know, exactly. I can show you what's in his system. This is what it is. If you want to use this to figure out how to help him. Exactly. Now, this is a responsible bill. You know, this is not. I don't know. People get on that vengeful feeling. But if you sitting in front of somebody that's overdosed and you're using and you're feeling the guilt and you're scared and all that stuff, that's more than enough. Let me tell you. That's more than enough to try to wake somebody up from Narcan, all that stuff. Like, man, I give out an Ironside award with my employees. I got some no, employees that have Narcan people with, and shout out again to Lisa Rayveld, all the haters. Yes, I'm going to say Lisa a million times she's from awesome. Harmon She's awesome. Yeah, that's my that's um, my girl right there. No, because there are numerous, thousands of times here in Colorado where people get high together, somebody overdoses, and the other person runs off because yeah. they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to go to jail. They're going to, something's going to happen to them. Yeah. And then somebody's found overdosed. Nobody knows how it happened, who they were with, or any of that. Yeah. And it's because they're afraid of what was going to happen to them. There's, fear is a... Yeah, fear, fear makes you do a lot of stuff. A lot of stupid things. You know, why do you think I got like a record on high-speed chases? It wasn't because I was like, all right, I'm going to drive by this cop, and I'm going to probe him. No, you got me on my car, and I was like, man, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get away. I got stuff in my car. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing that we were talking about the last bill. You're dead in my in my my house. I'm looking at 32 years. I'm tired of going to prison. I relapsed. I'm back in on this. I'm going to figure out a way to get rid of you. It's your body or me. And that's what they don't understand is about to happen. 
And that's how we think. But they've never been high like us to understand that that's the mindset. Then it comes into some crazy movie or some Discovery Channel spinoff or the paper eating it up. Because it's a scenario that's set up that's very violent and vengeful and forward. For a street level person that they don't understand how this works. But this bill here, I can pick you up. I can sit with you in the hospital. I can think about my life and recovery. I can help the doctors figure out what's in your system. And I don't have to worry about the police coming into that that yeah. that, that room and saying, Mr. Tomas, Mr. Rod- Mr. Rodriguez, Mr. Hernandez, um, you're high right now. What do you have on you? Turn around, put these cuffs on. We're booking you for this. Exactly. Instead, instead, I can know that safely. I'm, I'm here to just save my friend's life exactly. or my acquaintance. And you might be too high and it might happen to you because if nine times out of 10, if somebody's going to die there, there's somebody else that's going to overdose or get sick mm-hmm. on the same pack. And this happened. We had a couple of friends that, that would be that's common. You got a friend up the street that overdosed them like, yo, Tomas fell out today too, man. That pack was bad, man. What's up with homeboy? Then you call homeboy like, man, I didn't know. You know what I mean? I, my, I almost fell out too, man. I got rid. Just get rid of it. Get rid of it. We'll all get some more. You know what I mean? And that's and that's heroin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm old school like that. You know, smack. That's heroin. You know, but that's 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 just that scenario on how things go. And you know, people think that oh, that's just one scenario. People know like you're not going in vindictively to kill people when you're doing drugs. You're just trying to get well and high. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a. It's not an evil intent to commit homicide. Like that's like me saying that I was walking in to you were you were coming over and you bugged me enough. I'm like, man, I got this package for this dude when he comes to this clown. When he gets over here, he's gonna get high on this. Yeah, that's like you. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he gonna get high I'm on deliberately. This. Yeah, I, I want him to come over so I can kill him. That's yeah. not no. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna happen. That's never gonna happen unless it's some sadistic you know, lightning bolt lottery scratched winner ticket yeah. type of situation. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just, you know, that's, that's just the way that stuff is. You know, we, I, I think we have to say for the ma- the uh, mayor elects yeah, for we, the next time. We had a couple other things we wanted to talk about. We had other bills that we wanted to talk about the recovery residence discharge policy, uh, sunset, the offender reentry and education programs bill, uh, an opioid harm reduction, a negative opioid harm reduction bill. Um, we wanted to talk about mayoral candidates. I will shout them out real quick. Okay. Um, these, and the reason why I'm going to shout these out, these are Denver candidates that we hope to have on the program in the future. So um, if anybody knows these folks or has contacts with these folks, you tell them, hey, they were talking about you on sharing our stories and you should go in there and speak with them. Um, State Representative Leslie Herod. Herod? Leslie Herod. Herod, we want you in here. Uh, Debbie Ortega, she's a city councilwoman. We want you in here. Um, Al Gardner, who uh, is the vice president of Informa- Information Technology at Salud. Salud? Yeah. Salud Family Health. Uh, Lisa Calderon, um, she's a fourth generation Denverite, and, you know, she's just, she's done a lot of different things. Um, she's, uh, um, um, there's a list here of things that she's done. Uh, Terrence Roberts, we want you to come on in. Mike Johnston, former Denver legislator, we want you to come on in. Um, Kelly Broff? Yeah, bro. Bro, Kelly Bro, um, CEO of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce, we want you to come in. Uh, Ian Tafoya, mm-hmm. we want you to come in. So if anybody knows these folks, you let them know. They dropped your name. Yeah, we, we just want dropped you to come you this in. morning on Sunday All right. on blast. We, we want to hear from you. We want you to talk about um, why you want to be mayor of Denver. And we want, want you to talk about mental health and what you'll do for those people that are suffering in addiction and our folks behind bars that, you know, they're going to get out and they can be a pain in your ass or you can help them be. I know I can say pain in the ass. He, Tomas just was like, you can't say pain in the ass. No, they can be a pain <laughs> in your ass or they can, they can be somebody who you can go, you know what? They got out of jail and they're a, 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 a person that is a member of this community that's doing right for our community. So um, we, we want, we want to ask you those questions. We want to know why you want to be mayor and we want to give you a, a platform to talk about why you should be mayor. So um, we want to hear from you. Um, we only have a few minutes left, and with our few minutes left, I want to I want to mention um, somebody who passed away recently. Um, his name is Jake Waterloo Jacob, and he's somebody who was on this program many many years ago, back in 2017. 
He's a really good friend of Tomas's and a good friend of some of the people that are listening right now, some of the people that you work with, uh, a lot of people in the recovery community. And uh, we lost him uh, this past week. And I want to say rest in peace. And, and he was just, a, Jake was a great guy. And he's, he was the first person, the very first guest that I ever had on sharing our stories way back in 2017 when I didn't know what this program was going to be about, how it was going to work, if it, if it even had a, a purpose and, you know, how, how, how would it exist? He was the person that showed me on the, the first time I had a guest that, yep, I know what this program is about. I know what, it, what it's for and, and I know how it works. And I don't know if this program would be here now if it hadn't been for such a, a, a powerful first guest that I had, like Jake. And I just, I, I want to send my love to his family, to his friends, and, and let you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful man. Definitely, definitely. You know, um, the story has it on, on the end. It's just, it's just confusing like any type of death. You know, I, I walked the majority of his recovery journey from ground zero through career, and he rocked every piece of it. He never quit. He wasn't a guy that that got kicked out of rehab, all that stuff. He he did very well in everything that he did, you know, and I'm sure that the good people at North Star Transition, Stout Street, um, our circle of friends, Stout Street alumni, um, just are heartbroken right now. And knowing how good of a person that he was, you know, um, you could just, that's the thing about recovery because sometimes you have that that one thing that, that doesn't make sense. But, yeah, um, say a prayer for your family members that have been lost, and please, just off something like that, if you know somebody's struggling, give them a call. He saved so many other people's lives. He did, man. He did. I mean, he was started as a house manager. I was teaching him that, and he became a director of programs over at, at North Star Transitions. He was he was the man over there with Mike Farrell and and, and Keenan and Sean Dodge and all those guys over there and Parker and everybody. He was just he just did his thing and he was great. And he you know got married, got a house, came back, and still electrician. He did this artwork stuff. You know, our buddy Chris still has his business and. And man, he's just, he's got so many friends in so many areas that he was just a good person to. And it, you know, and what's crazy is he died in the last prison that I was at. It just doesn't make sense. He, he was found unresponsive in a federal holding facility. And, you know, it's not like we could call up there and say, hey, what happened? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to tell us. And, you know, just those things that are confusing. And, and, you know, I'm sure that it'll, it'll come out and whatever that happens. But just for now, and forever, I'm just going to know that I'm going to miss my friend. And I'm sure that the people that are listening are going to miss him too. Uh, Mile High, this is sharing our stories. And we're here each Sunday. This program is brought to you in part by Tribe Recovery Homes. And if you or somebody you know is dealing with addiction, is in prison, locked up and don't know the steps to take to find your recovery. You don't, you don't know where to start. We want you to start by picking up the phone, 720-60-TRIBE, and give a call. And if Tribe Recovery Homes can't help you, they're going to put you in touch with an organization that is up your alley that can help you, that can help you find that pathway you need, those steps you need to take for, like you said, pre and post, exactly. dealing with your court case dealing with hey you know what i i haven't showed up for my court case because i'm afraid dealing with those fears that you have dealing with those mental issues that you have and dealing with that addiction that you have and you you can be suffering today and they're not going to fix you tomorrow but we can start that path to fixing you in time so once again that number is 720-608-7423 you might be scrambling for a pen if you're, you know, you're locked up. And if you're listening and you got your phone next to you, throw this in your phone. It's 720-608-7423. And you can call that number and somebody will answer. You can find them online at tribrecoveryhomes.com. And you can start that pathway, that mission, that goal that you're trying to find and reach. You can start that as soon as you're ready. 
I appreciate um, everybody's morning listening to that. You know, I got a little bit sad and, so- and, and sorrow at the bottom of this show, but you know, that's just that's recovery. That's life. That's that's part of it. And um, you know, I'm gonna finish tonight with another 24. And gratitude for all you beautiful people that are alive and kicking in recovery. I'm gonna say a prayer for the ones that are struggling. And uh, I'm gonna enjoy being alive just for another moment. But if you need that help and you're hearing me right now, use that number. Call somebody. If you didn't remember the number, figure it out. Go to your closest trusted friend. Go to the person that's gonna yell at you. At least you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get something. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're gonna get tough something. love. Tough love, right? Yeah, and and you're gonna get help at the end. But just thank you, everybody. Mahai, this is sharing our stories. Thank you for your time, and we'll see you back here next Sunday.